Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Could a lead crane Side 
make this look good. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is Coach Kyrie, and you are now rocking with the best. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming in, tuning in to Zoom in with me tonight. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Tonight we are, you know, you know what it is. It's another Tuesday night with symptometry. And to me, my interpretation of symptometry is the best health care you've never heard of. I like the best health care you've never heard of because it's just like when people approached all other forms of, like when people, when the first open heart surgery took place, nobody was, nobody was like, um, nobody really thought, you know, what's the open heart surgery? It, it was only a few people doing it tonight, you know. Not tonight. I'm sorry, I was looking at a text. It was, it was only a few people who were doing or even knew about open heart surgery. It, it wasn't like one person had an open heart surgery. Big shout out to Charles Drew, who did a lot for medicine. And everybody didn't know right away. You know, everybody didn't know right away about George Washington Carver and the peanut. Nobody knew right away about Albert Einstein or Thomas Edison or Nikolai Tesla. Nobody knew right away about 
your Phil Valentines or your Sonata Saraswati's or your Delbert Blair's or your Dr. Sabies or your Queen of Fools, but they all put in work. They all put in work over the years, and then people started to see the culmination of their efforts. And then they will be like, oh, my God, where are you coming from? And or they come or they may say, oh, my God, I needed you 10 years ago. You could have saved a family member of mine. Someone could have, you know, someone that 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 passed to me had a curable disease and it was labeled as incurable. Where were you? Oh, I wish you would have been around 10 years ago. And then the person looks at him and says, I've been around for 30 years. I've been around for 50 years. That's one of the reasons why I love being a proponent and a torchbearer for symptometry because it is, to me, of the utmost importance that people find out the information or at least have it readily available for those who desire to see that curing is proven. Now, some people, they won't get it. They won't, they won't receive it. Some people had an option to get an open-heart surgery, and they didn't receive it. They didn't think it was, you know, they didn't think it was in line with the, with the times or what they already knew. And so what did they do? They let it, they, they, they let it pass them by, and they may have lost their lives. Well, you know what? That happens too because there's only those that are willing that we can work with. So um, to me, well, before I make this next point, because I want to make sure my, 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 my guest is on the line first, and he's about to call in in just a few minutes before I make my next point um, because it's, it's very important that we're all on the same page as I begin another broadcast with symptometry, because I think that it is all relevant material that will also lead to my presenter, the founder of symptometry, like coming in at the same gear that I am doing my best to lay the foundation for. So as we have previously stated, symptometry is so far ahead similar to heart surgery. So when there was the first heart surgery, not a lot of people had heard of Charles Drew. When Nikolai Tesla and Thomas Edison were making advances in the field of electricity and quantum physics or Albert Einstein, not many people had heard of them. Many people were still in what some may call the stone ages of thinking. And then 20 years later, all of a sudden, they were like, oh, my God. And now, and then they would say, well, I wish you were around 10 years ago or five years ago. And then that master teacher says, well, I was around 30 years ago or 25 years ago. Oh, man, I could have used you because, you know, someone in my family passed. This is why I reiterate 
This is the importance of this show, getting the information to people in a timely way. We have the Internet now. They didn't have the Internet when they had the first open-heart surgery. George Washington Carver, when he was making his advances with the peanut, didn't have access to CNN news or the telephone in the way that we do or the Internet. Now we do have these facilities, and we're supposed to utilize them because every second that we waste is a precious second that a loved one could be losing in their fight in their own personal battle. So tonight we're going to talk about something that I feel is ahead of its time. Many shows you have listened to some tometry talking about disease and foods, cancer, herpes, STDs, marijuana, eczema, mental health issues, your teeth, your personal hygiene, your feet. We've all we've, we've done so many shows with symptometry that are externally related. Tonight we're going to talk about symptometry and spirituality. This could be a stretch, but we're going to challenge Dr. Narty to make a connection between symptometry, root cause therapeutics, the best health care you've never heard of, and spirituality, and the things that you put in your mouth. Today, on my Facebook page, I asked a simple question. Well, yesterday I asked a simple question. I said, do you think the foods you eat affect you spiritually or your level or rate of spiritual growth? Please write that down if you're taking notes. Do you think the foods you eat affect you spiritually or your level or rate of spiritual growth. Now, I was asking for opinions to gauge where people were at in their own understanding or or their own view of spirituality and the effects that food have on it. Tonight, I'm going to share some of those answers. But first, I want to bring in my esteemed guest, Dr. Maxwell Martin. It's awesome, baby! Good evening, Dr. Narni. Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. Thank you for inviting me. And good evening to your your great audience. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know you heard me when I said tonight we're going to challenge Dr. Narni. Did you you catch that Freudian slip? (laughs) Yes, I did. And uh, I I chuckled over here. It's okay. Tonight, Dr. Nardi, and I know this may be like the choir, you know, some uh, some singing to the choir, but tonight, Dr. Nardi, we want to tap into the right side of your brain and deal a lot with creativity. We also want to have you put some left brain in it with scientific fact, because a lot of people have spirituality and philosophy mixed up. They think that philosophy, today a lot of people said 
oh, well, it doesn't matter what I eat as how it affects me spiritually because as a man thinketh, so is he. And I asked them, so if you think that you can last more than 10 minutes without breathing oxygen, does that make it a fact? Dr. Nardi, can do you know of a human being that can survive longer than 10 minutes without oxygen? No, that's not possible. No, because oxygen is a life giver. I know, but what if they change their mind? What if they think that they can, you know, they're strongly committed in their thoughts that they can survive longer than six minutes without oxygen? Well, uh, this is mind over matter, but sometimes there are limits of mind over matter. Hmm. And if, certain, if some of your cells stop receiving oxygen, they'll begin to shut down. And without oxygen and without water, it's finished. Concretions will begin to, to, to form in those cells. And these concretions will prevent the conduction of electricity. And, you know, that is how the body will shut down. So one thing leads to another. So in a nutshell, the hypothesis of so as a man think of so is he is not scientifically valid when it comes to electricity production in the body and the way that cells function. That is correct. That is correct because, uh, you know, this day you, you set the two on a collision course. You set the two on a collision course. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes uh, there are certain there are certain preparations that one will have to make in order to smash stone, in order to smash a brick. There are certain preparations that one will have to make. You may, you may just stand as a, as a spectator to, 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 to view, to see what is happening, to witness what is happening. But the kind of the years of preparation the person did before that moment, that singular moment, um, is, is more spiritual. So there are certain foods you have to eat. There are certain, there's a certain mental state you must have. There's a certain level of uh, positive vibrations you must have so that you're able to, 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 to devil blow into concrete and that concrete smashes. But you are just, see, you, are just you as a spectator, you think it's just a miracle. You think it's just uh, something uh, worth uh, applauding. But the preparation that the person did before coming to that scene to, to, to deliver that performance uh, stretches several years. Yes, yes, yes. Practice, practice, practice. You, you bring me back to, I don't know whether you meant to do that, but the first time that I broke a brick in my martial arts practice, uh, my teacher said, well, you're not allowed to raise your hand above your heart. You have to be able to break this brick with a six-inch slap. A slap. And you say you can't make a fist. You have to use the palm of your hand, and that's it. And I have been practicing for three years, and I know for a fact that if I had not had proper preparation and cultivation and nurturing of certain aspects of the dynamics of my own body, that I would not have been able to break that brick. That is correct. But to a spectator, to a spectator, well, um, 
he may not know all the dynamics behind what you did, but you just clap and that's it. <laughs> but you know what you did. It's a lot of preparation. There are certain foods you have to eat and certain foods you don't have to eat. Mm. Well, one of the one of the things I want to talk about tonight is because a lot of the comments I like to, you know, I I I feel that they were similar to as I say armchair philosophers or as you say onlookers or or those that have not actually done scientific research. Um, some I have one comment that says I think that being able to control what your with your mind, what foods you eat in regards to healthy or unhealthy does improve your willpower, which in turn improves your spiritual growth. Although from my experience, research and investigation, a person can develop specific occult or spiritual faculties without sticking to a strict diet, for example, vegetarian or vegan. Another person wrote in and said, um, it says, no, I believe we like to think we are in control over our progress, but the initial desire to awaken was a gift to us that came beyond our control and our space of remembrance is also. The thing we can control is our attitude towards it all, and for some, they feed their egos and feel better thus higher spiritually because of certain food choices they make, but advancement of the flow of infinite intelligence can't be forced. What's for me is for me, and I choose, I choose joy as it flows through me. If that's eating vegan, to be it, my experience. Dr. Nardi, have you had a experience in your life as a scientist and a healer that you could use joy by itself to reverse the conditions of a disease? Uh, that, is, that is not possible. You can be a forgiver. You can be a forgiving person. But you will have an ulcer that you will not be able to cure. <laughs> so you've never had a case of lung cancer reversed from or blood being ionized by itself, miraculously, by someone just changing their mind. No, no, no. That is not true. I mean, I mean, it, it, this this has never happened. And sometimes we have what is called spontaneous. We have what is called spontaneous healing, where uh, blockage displacement makes room for the production of healing essentials temporarily, you know, temporarily. Uh, there are people who go to a shrine and the intensity of their prayer helps to displace certain blockages and all of a sudden their chronic headache is, is gone. Well, it has been displaced. It has been relocated. It has been relocated. It's no longer in your head. It's now in your elbow. But to you, so long as it is no longer the headache that you have been complaining about, you have been cured. That is the power of mind. That is the power of prayer. Relocation of blockages. 
But it does not mean the person has been killed. It does not mean that the person has been killed. Yes, it does not mean the person has been killed. You know, to kill means to restore health. And only the cells do that. And if you are going to talk about the cells, well, you have to talk about forces. You cannot talk about cells without talking about atoms because the two are related. And if you talk about forces, you have to talk about many, many, many other tangents of energy. So to say that you are going to use the mind to do something, well, go to the prisons. There are, some, there are people who are locked up, and they think they can use their mind, they can use the power of their mind to open even the gate, the, 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 the iron gate that is locked. If that's not true, it doesn't happen. You can see this in the movie with, uh, with uh, Houdini and things like that, fine. But not in real life. The power of the mind has its limits. And if you know how to develop the power of the mind through the forces in yourself and the forces in the atoms in the universe, this is where you begin to make headway. Thank you. My, my first question then, Dr. Narty, is straight to the point. Can you hinder your level of spirituality or your spiritual growth? Can you hinder your spiritual growth or your spirituality by consuming the wrong foods or foods that are not good for you? Yes, yes, yes. First, First, all these people talk about spirituality and all that. Do, can they define spirituality? Do they know what spirituality is? Uh-oh. First, you have to define something. Always in science, you define something before, because you have to set a platform before you raise the infrastructure. There must be a superstructure, and that superstructure always uh, uh, rests on a platform. What is your platform right now? Spirituality must be defined. If you define spirituality, then you know whether what you are saying is true or is not. You have to define philosophy so that you def- so that you be able to distinguish philosophy from spirituality. You have to define religiosity so that you know what you are doing is not about rel- religiosity, it's about philosophy or it's about Spirituality. What is spirituality? Spirituality is contact with the forces and the powers that are in the cells or in the atoms of the universe. Contact. Are you in contact with these forces? If you are not in contact with these forces, then what you are doing is not spirituality. Find a different word for it. Find a different name for it, a different term for it. But it is not spirituality. You need a high, the highest level of intuition. You must allow the world of atoms to take, to take over the decision-making process of your body. The deci- taking over. That is spirituality. 
And once you start dealing with spirituality, you must know there are laws in the spiritual world. There are laws. The first law is do to others what you would like others to do to you. That is the first law of spirituality. So, if you claim that you are spiritual, you are spiritual, or you spiritualize your consciousness, here is my question. Why do you talk ill of your co-worker? You say you are a spiritual being? Fine. Why do you do that? Do to the children of others what you like others to do to your children. A child is cold. But because it's not your child, you don't care about that child. And you claim you are spiritual? In what sense? That's why I'm saying before you talk about spirituality, you must define it first cannot define it, then you don't know what you are talking about. And if you don't know what you are talking about, how can you talk about the foods that stifle spirituality or spiritual growth? You don't know what you are talking about. You see, this is the universal law of reciprocity from which love derives. Love derives all these religions are talking about love, 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 love. But what is the source of love? What is the source of love? The source of love is the universal law of race. This law responds to the forces, and the forces respond to this law. Eat the right foods, and the right foods will release positive forces in your body. Eat the wrong foods, and the wrong foods will release negative forces in your body. What will negative forces do? They will turn illusion into reality. This conversion will force you to go to the wrong place for the right answers. As a result, you will never be a problem solver. Instead, problems will overwhelm you. You will have a lot of money, but your health will be in decline. Your health will be failing. Why? Because it's the cells that build the human body. And the cells are in charge, and the cells release these forces. Unfortunately, negative forces have overwhelmed your body. Health denied. So the answer to your question is, you eat, you eat the right foods, you get benefits, you benefit from them, you eat the wrong foods, you pay a price. So now you have to know what the wrong foods are. You have to know what the wrong foods are. The number one wrong food is eggs. I don't eat eggs. I don't eat anything that was made with eggs. 
If I don't know it, I will suffer the consequences. That's how, that's how I am. That's how my body, that's how my cells respond. I'll ask you, I'll ask you, what are the ingredients? And you intentionally skip eggs. Okay, I will eat it. But that night, I will not be able to sleep. I know I've been deceived. I know there is something in there that is not supposed to be in my body because my cells are reacting. The forces are not being released the way they should. That's why I don't eat eggs. Why are eggs so bad? person who wants to develop spiritually, why are eggs so bad? Egg and egg is a species baby. It has not yet seen the light of day. It is going through gestation the way you also went through gestation in your mother's womb. Therefore, taking a species egg to make breakfast Taking a species egg to make cake. Taking a species egg to make eggnog. You pay a hefty price for that. First, the chicken, the turkey, the ostrich, or whatever, the guinea fowl, the, uh, the poultry, will be traumatized. The mother will be traumatized. Suppose, Coach Kaye, suppose... A woman just gives birth to a baby after a difficult pregnancy. She vomited. She, she had dizzy spells. And even during the delivery on, on, on D-Day, on delivery day, she nearly died because she was hyperventilating and all that. And thanks to God, the baby is now out. She was so exhausted that she decided, I mean, she slept a little bit. She opened her eyes. Where is my baby? The baby is gone. Won't you be traumatized? Won't you be screaming? Won't you be hysterical? That is what we do to chickens. That's what we do to turkey, to ostrich, to guinea fowl. And we have turned egg selling into a business, into, a, into an industry. Into an enterprise. Into an enterprise. You will never, never develop spiritually. You remain superficial until you die. Because the chicken's curse will be on you until you die. You don't do that. You don't tra- Why? Because we don't, we don't understand the chicken's language. We don't understand the chicken's language. Therefore, you don't feel the chicken's trauma. Why do you do that? You, deny, you, deprive, you deprive a baby the first day and the first light of day. You have seen sunshine. 
You have, been, you have experienced the UV rays on your skin. What about another person? Do unto others what you would like others to do unto that, what to do to you. I did not want to say unto because of the biblical quotation. No, I want to leave it in simple English. Do to others what you would like others to do to you. The first thing is eggs. Go to every hotel, every motel. Whenever I travel, the first is a continental breakfast. And what are they offering? Eggs. Well, there I saw tea, I saw coffee, I saw milk and all that. I said, mm, okay, I will take a bagel. And I slice the bagel. And what is, there for, what is there for me to put in it? Well, there's nothing. Butter, margarine. Okay. I just ate the dry bagel. And I drank water. And that was my breakfast. And that's it. Am I dead? No. I'm alive. I built an enzyme surplus that enabled me to continue to live healthily. You have to know these things. And there are many benefits that you are going to get when you respect the spiritual laws, when you obey the spiritual laws. There are many, many benefits. I sleep, I wake up, I come up with a new idea all the time. New ideas all the time. What I wrote last year is completely outdated. What I'm writing this year, brand new, fresh. Where am I getting this from? From my own cells, from the cosmos, from the atoms. And you want me to give you proof, evidence of, of all this? The evidence is already there. All this information has been sitting in our cells for millions of years. But people have not devised a tool to bring them out and use them. Because they don't know what spirituality is. I will pause here for a second, if you would, man. Go ahead. Yes, yes, thank you. Good gracious. Hold on, hold on. Good Lord. Okay, so I already got the place where you at, spiritual benefits, but I got to back up. I got to back up because. Somebody is listening. Might even be my question, but somebody is listening, and they said, and you know I got an analytical mind, uh, Dr. Narty, and you said that the chickens, due to their trauma, are producing a curse on a human being who has a fully developed three layers of the brain that's really what separates us from most of the animals is that we have a fully developed brain. And this chicken that does not have a fully developed brain who has been traumatized, we can agree on. You, so now you're saying that not only can the chicken cast a curse, but it also the chicken has feelings, feelings. Now, before you even get to that, you must, that must, I mean, t for you to use the word curse, most people hear the word curse, and it's in the movies. I put a curse on you. I put a hex on you. Some people listening to this show 
believe strongly in curses, generational curses. If those who have been studying know about the Lohan curse, Dr. Nardi, I really need you to give me first a definition and proof that a curse exists, and how does a curse work? Yes. Um, a curse is nothing but a load, a ton of wrapped up negative vibrations unloaded onto the target. That is a curse. A word is powerful than a pen, and silence is more powerful than a word. You hurt a person, and the person just sets the eyes on his or her eyes on you and does not say anything. Watch out. Because, because your life will never be the same again unless you ask for forgiveness. I work from the world of vibrations. I work from the abstract world. And I come originally from Ghana. I have been in situations. I have been in groups where the, the goal, the goal is to see how, how, how deep you can inflict suffering on another person. I have been in that group. What made me escape? You don't escape from these groups. You don't. First of all, they have your vibrations locked up in a bottle. How I escaped and where I am now is nothing but a miracle. The reason I escaped was, you know, you have to go in the middle of the night and perform ceremonies. And when I tell you that corn, corn is the devil's food, I know why I said it. I know why I said it. Because I've participated in these ceremonies. And when they don't just curse you like that, no. They spend the night preparing. They spend the night preparing. And when the level of vibration has now reached saturation point, that is when they unload it on you. And believe me, you will never be the same. You make wrong decisions, wrong decisions, and you keep going to the wrong doctors, you keep going to the wrong person for help, and all that until you die. That's why when a spell is cast on you, if you don't have someone to help you to reverse it, you are going down in flames. I know what I'm talking about. There's the Lohan curse. The Lohan curse. 
on African Americans. And do you know when this started? This started long before Europeans came to Africa to colonize Africa. That was so this is why I know so much about the history of the Lohan curse that I don't blame Caucasians for what they are doing. No. Before Caucasians, before the Portuguese came to Ghana, to to to, to Mozambique, to Dar es Salaam and all that, to get slaves to, to Dahomey, now Benin to get slaves and all that, especially in Wida. We were already enslaving each other in Africa. We were already enslaving each other in Africa. And the innocent ones who were slaughtered, the innocent ones who were slaughtered, cursed. They, they cursed the onlookers who did not do anything to save their lives. They cursed those who perpetrated the crime, and they cursed those the onlookers who were who did not do anything to save their lives. That is what is called the Lohan curse on the African American. So if you you if you are talking about curse, go to Haiti. Go to Haiti. It is difficult to lift this curse if you don't know how to do it right. Curse will release a worm in your body. And that worm will be the macrophage that will be infected by viruses. As a result, your herpes will be incurable unless you know somebody who can reverse your low-hand curse for you. And this is what we have been doing in symptometry. We have so many black, we have, we have so many African-Americans and so many blacks who have been calling symptometry for the low-hand curse treatment. And we have one Again, who called a few days ago and wants some more treatment because she feels that a burden has been lifted off her. She used to hate whites unnecessarily. She used to blame whites for what whites did to them. Now she realized, she, she realized that, well, before the Caucasians landed in African countries on the African continent, we were already hurting each other. Therefore, it is not the white man who is doing things to us. You want to know the history of slavery? First, when the Portuguese landed, we already, because there were tribal wars, the Ashantis were fighting the guns. The Ashantis were fighting the guns. And what happened was some of these people, the captives, were held prisoners. And when the Portuguese came, the first people they got was, we don't need these people. Take them away. Okay, what did they have in return? They had tobacco. They had gin. They had schnapps. Schnapps. And all these are well documented. I hope they are teaching you the, the, the right African-American history in your, in your colleges and university, universities over here. I hope they are teaching you the right thing. Instead of fuel, fueling hatred, hatred, hatred of the white man, hatred of the white man. We have, we have bad white men and we have good white men. We have bad black men 
and we have good black men. We have bad Filipinos, and we have good Filipinos. Don't put all of them in the same basket. So this is the history of the Lohan curse. A curse stays with you unless you know how to reverse it. Thank you. Whew. Wow. I see we're going to have to even go in further in a future show on the Lohan curse. If you are interested in the removal of the Lohan curse, if you are an African or descendant of African genealogy in any way, and you've been around here blaming the white man for everything. Dr. Nardi, I hear it all the time. White man, global superior supremacy, white man, Ku Klux Klan. Oh, the white man is the devil, yada, yada, yada. And historically, the curse was already in effect before the white man arrived in Africa. Is that what you're saying? That is correct. That is correct. So the white man is not up under the Lohan curse, is he? Well, you have to... No, 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 no. You have to go back, you have to, go back to the very beginning. The very beginning. Uh, Africa is the cradle of human civilization. Africa is the cradle of human civilization. Migration started from Africa. And there were earthquakes. That split the land. That split the landmass. And then there were different geographical regions and diff- different climates that started in the different parts of, the, of, of this land that was split. That's why we had different genes to help people to adapt to the new climate. That's why we started having people with uh, light skin, people with fewer, uh, with melanocytes that were far apart, that they became uh, called the, they called them Caucasians. People with melanocytes that were in between, they were the brown skin and the yellow skin, and so on and so forth. That is the history of the beginning of human migration. And that is the history of skin color. So if you know the history of, of, of skin color, you will never say you are superior to another person, or you will never say you are inferior to another person. I even had a professor in one of these universities who told me that, oh, yeah, uh, white, people don't, white people don't have melanin. White people don't have melanin. Do you, first of all, do you know what melanin is? And you tell me why we don't have melanin. And you are a professor. What are you teaching your students? (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, so let me, okay, let me, before I get off the, I can tell. And I, I can already hear some chuckles already from the 336 area code way over there in Kernersville right now. We're going to have to do a Lohan Curse show. But I want to get and, – and we, but we needed that foundation to continue on with back to the number one foods that are causing hindrances in spirituality and spiritual growth is eggs. Would you say that corn is number two? 
No, tomato. Tomato is number two. No, wait a minute. No, wait, Dr. Nardi. Dr. Nardi, wait, 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 wait. We've been knowing each other for about almost three years now, right? <laughs> and well, and, I, uh, I'm, I, I, I am saying this. I am saying this because um, first, no one who eats eggs will cure their skin diseases, whether it is eczema, psoriasis, lupus erythematosus, skin lesions, rashes. No one. No one. The second one is tomato. The second one is tomato. When I take them off tomato, they see a big change. So, you know me. I will never run away from the facts. I will deliver the facts without fear or favor. Because I have the evidence. Now, so, I, I mean, I guess I have to ask, what is number three? Because I'm scared to say number three. No, no, you, you know, you know number three already. You, you just, you just said it. Okay, okay. So I'm, so it's a safe bet for me now to say that the number three food blocker is corn. The, 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 the number, the number three uh, inhibitor of spiritual forces. Inhibitor of spiritual forces. That's correct. So somebody is asking right now, why? They're saying, Dr. Nardi, why, why, why is corn an inhibitor of spiritual forces? What does it do to the body? I like, I like eating salsa. I like my tortilla chips and when I'm eating my salsa. I like a little Pepsi-Cola every now and then, and it has a little high-fructose corn syrup in it. I like a little ketchup on my french fries. It's got high-fructose corn syrup. Why? Why is corn what? an inhibitor? And, and, and why is tomato Tomato is on pizza. Tomato is in the salad. You know how many restaurants have um, uh, uh, salad bars? That's like the second thing you grab going down, the, going down the bar. You put some romaine lettuce on there or some iceberg lettuce, and then you grab the tomato and put that on there. And then some of them have the, the cooked corn. So you're telling me number two and number three? Wait a minute. And then they got the boiled eggs. So you're trying to tell me before I even get to the entree, I already have the top three inhibitors of spirituality and spiritual growth on my plate already, getting ready to put them in my mouth. Um, Coach Kaye, look at how short a time I was able to bring symptometry to the world. Look at how short a time. It's because of my mastery of the spiritual laws. I was prepared for this. And look at how development all over the world has taken place at a glacial pace. Over four and a half million since years since Lucy was discovered in East Africa. Over four and a half million years. Look at the human race. Look at where we are today. We are still in darkness. And we don't even know what spirituality is. Four and a half million years. 
and you don't know the foundation of the human body. And you go to you go to school and they teach you anatomy and physiology. That is not the foundation of the human body. And you think that is the right thing. That is the wrong thing. It is good to be a surgeon. It is good for anesthesiology, for diagnostics, yes. But if you want to know the root of health and the root of diseases, that is not the right thing. You have to go to physics. You have to start with the atoms. I am saying this because if you remain superficial because you have not developed spiritually, because you don't know how to connect with the forces in yourself and the forces in the atoms, well, you will not be able to achieve much. Whatever you achieve will be for short-term gain. Everything you do will be for short fixes. Short fixes. Short fixes. And that's it. That's why I said it. Who connected, who connected eggs, eating eggs to skin diseases? Symptometry. Who connected eating tomato to high blood pressure? Who connected eating tomato to, uh, to skin diseases? Symptometry. Do you want to say that the world had not existed before symptometry? No. The world existed and continues to exist now. But why haven't all these scientists made this connection? It's because they don't know how to connect with the spiritual forces in their cells and in the atoms in the universe. This is the difference. Now you are talking about an industry. Eggs everywhere. Uh, tomato in the salad bar. And, and corn here and all. Fine. That is their best way of making a living. They don't know anything about spirituality. Go there and sit down with them and ask them what spirituality is. They will be all over the map. So if you know spirituality and you know and you have self-discipline, nothing, nothing will prevent you from prospering. You will gain spiritual wealth and spiritual wealth will give you eternal happiness. No amount of money gives you spiritual, I mean eternal happiness. None. We are after internal happiness. It's not the, number, the amount of boats that you've earned, the amount of vacation, how, vacation homes that you have. No. Do unto others what you would like others to do to you. Thank you. Dr. Nardi? So a person with a skin disorder or a person with high blood pressure has a inhibitor in their spiritual path? Can you explain that? 
Well, first of all, when you have high blood pressure and you've had it for so many years and this thing is disturbing you, what is going to happen? The focus of your attention will not be on spirituality. The focus of your attention will be shifted to your high blood pressure. So what are you doing? Some diversion has taken place. Some distraction has taken place. If you did not have this condition, you will have had more time to concentrate on what you have to do in order to remain in constant contact with the forces in your cells. But because of this condition, this high blood pressure that will not go down uh, to 215 over, over 111 and all that, I mean, you'll be so, so much concerned that spirituality will be out of you. That's why I said it is a, a spiritual force inhibitor. Thank you. So with the skin disorder, that would also be a distraction because my attention may be to scratch or take my attention to any of the, you know, external ailments. So in practicing spirituality, as we said earlier, spirituality is contact with the forces and powers that are in the cells and the atoms of the universe. That's correct. And then you said the atoms must take over. Take over the. No. No, we, we allow we allow the forces to take over the decision making process of of the mind. Decision making process. That's correct. Spirituality. Whew. Okay. Um, if anybody has any, they want to do some comments or questions before I continue on, because I got this line. I'm I'm on the tow line tonight, so. The call-in number is 347-205-9089. You can press 1. I appreciate everyone who was in the chat room who came over to listen in tonight. We are discussing with Dr. Maxwell Narchi from Symptometry. Can the food you eat affect your spirituality or spiritual growth? You gave us the three worst or the three most dangerous foods to... Um, to eat that inhibit that are um, inhibitors of spiritual growth. Can you give us the top food? What is the best food for us to eat to open up? Well, first of all, of course we have to. You can't simultaneously because some people be like, oh, well, give me the best food to eat, and then they're still gonna eat corn, eggs, and tomatoes. This is this is this is why this is why it is best. In the spirit world, it is always best to dwell on or to focus on what will prevent spiritual growth, what will prevent spiritual unfoldment, and what will prevent uh, enlightenment. You see, this is best is best to to focus on what will block the release of these forces or the contact with these forces, and. If all the rest will not block them, then you are free to eat them. So that's why it's easier to focus only on the three, the, the three uh, 
unfriendly, uh, the tree, tree foods that are totally unfriendly to the atoms and to the cells. So, some people would say that, um, well, since those foods are negative and I'm focusing on, you know, not eating them or avoiding them, wouldn't they, you know, re- receive a re- receive a negative, you know, if I focus on negative, you know, like I remember one time we were talking about cancer, and you said never bring a cancer patient a bill because it will create more anxiety. That's correct. So in this particular scenario, for us to study and focus on what we shouldn't be doing will enable us to open ourselves up more to spiritual growth, spiritual clarity, and enlightenment. That is correct. So that you have a bigger field, so that you have a bigger field for spiritual unfoldment, and you have only a smaller field, a smaller portion for for the inhibitor of spiritual uh, forces. Doctor Nardi, can you give us a definition for enlightenment? Uh, when we talk about enlightenment. This is something that is very interesting because when you follow the, the story of the Buddha, when you, sorry, when you follow the story of the Buddha, you will see that the Buddha uh, got enlightenment under a tree. Enlightenment is what makes, what removes the veil of illusion from your eyes and from your mind. And because of the contact with the spirit world that has been so intense and so unified, you get to know more, you become more perspective, you become more humble, you become more respectful, and so on and so forth. That is enlightenment. Humility goes with enlightenment. The need to help another person, the need to help the person to be better than he used to be last, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, that is the reward you get from enlightenment. So enlightenment is the, uh, is the, is the, is the effort to keep getting better and better and better, not for yourself, for the rest of mankind. That is enlightenment. Dr. Nardia, <clears throat> what about we got to talk about the pig and the swine? Can you can you can you reach where does where does where does pork uh, rest at on your list of inhibitors behind corn and tomatoes and eggs? Can you can you reach enlightenment or can you have a spiritual growth digesting pork? No, no, no. Uh, it's because. Um, uh, Pork is one of the scavengers of the land. You know, pork is one of the scavengers of the land in its own way because uh, it helps it helps to uh, to get it helps to get rid of many uh, items that humans would not have consumed otherwise. 
you know, they are not the scavengers in terms of like, like vultures, but uh, because of what they feed on, uh, uh, the kind of tapeworms they have, and what we know about uh, their tapeworm uh, makes them unfit for human consumption. But in Papua, Papua New Guinea, uh, not too far from Australia, uh, if you don't have a pig, I mean, no one respects you. You know, a pig is given in the, as a dowry during marriage. So these are people who have, the, who have all the values of spirituality upside down. You know, and here we have pork. That is a delicacy. People eat it and all that. Fine. They are free to eat it. Number of forces that you be released from yourself will not be enough for you to, uh, to, 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 to improve and keep making progress towards enlightenment. It's not possible. That's why many religions uh, uh, teach that uh, uh, eating pork is not recommended. There is, there is, there is, there is, there is some, there is some, there's, there's some scientific reason for it. There's some scientific reason for that, uh, but spiritual uh, for, for religions, for 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 religious reasons, uh, uh, the founders of certain religion too have agreed and have seen that it is not good to eat pork. It is not good to eat pork, not only because not only because of its uh, tapeworms or its cysts that are very very difficult to remove, because when you have the cyst of the tapeworm. <laughs> He said, uh, when, when, when they try to remove them, uh, some of them, uh, some, of, some of them will make your effort counterproductive. So this is why it is not recommended that people, people eat uh, uh, pork at all. And then you have their cholesterol. Then you have their saturated fat. And their lard, their lard is terrible. It's, 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 it's tough to, to break down. You know, everything about, about pork is not healthy. So here's my question. If you are in search of health, if you want to be healthy, why do you eat something that is not, that is going, that is not going, to pre, that is going to prevent you from achieving your objective? So you leave pork alone. But this is, life is about making choices. You are free to make your choices. You make good choices, you have rewards. You make bad choices, you pay the price. That is life. Thank you. Dr. Nardi, in your book, What to Consume, as well as the downside of nutrition, you speak about the dangers of foods that contain valadium and malladium. Are these two elements, I mean, I must just give me a yes. Are they both inhibitors for spiritual advancement? No, no, they are not. Uh, they only they they are they are on the superficial level, because molybdenum we we already we already have we already have more, uh, enough molybdenum in our system in our in our cells in our body, and vanadium also. That's why we don't need an extra one, and. Any extra amount of vanadium or molybdenum in the in our body will turn into a health inhibitor. You know, 
So this is why we we, see we advise people to stay away from uh, from uh, the foods that have molybdenum and vanadium, and even uh, pregnant women who take certain uh, uh, supplements that have vanadium and molybdenum uh, tend to have uh, a lot of problems uh, with the placenta. Some of them have placenta that uh, whose uh, that that leak that leak very early, sometimes in the sixth month, in the seventh month, you know. And uh, sometimes even some of them give birth to children, to a baby with uh, spina bifida. You know, even though it has folic acid in it, but because it has nutrient blockers, uh, molybdenum and vanadium, um, the folic acid did not go into the spinal cord, you know. So this is why it's good to draw people's attention to molybdenum and vanadium so that uh, they stay away from them. Molybdenum is good. It's a good. Uh, it's good for the redox redox uh, mechanism of the human body. Uh, redox is uh, oxidation reduction, and uh, that helps a lot. You see, and uh, vanadium is also for oxygen. And uh, it, there's a particulate that is made of vanadium. It's good for uh, to bring oxygen to the to the stem cells that produce that produces the white blood cells. And uh, when, you, you, when you use this particulate, that helps a lot, uh, because when I'm treating people who have leukemia, uh, that is one of the particulates that I use. Uh, so, but to consume foods that have these two uh, metals uh, is not recommended, because they will make the redox system less efficient and the oxygen exchange system also less efficient. This is a scientific reason for not recommending the consumption of the foods molybdenum and vanadium. Thank you. Can you name just a few of those foods, please, Dr. Nardi? Oh, well, especially, just especially a few. Well, can, can you name some of the vegetables that contain some of these metals? Uh, no. Some of, I mean, uh, you have, you have, uh, you have cantaloupe, you know, uh, I hate to do that because you now last time I saw people buying cantaloupe in the supermarket and uh, you know and let them let them enjoy what they want to enjoy. But uh, cantaloupe is one of them. You know, corn corn is one of them. Um, and olive well, if it, it's a vegetable, it's fine. So I cannot mention olive oil. So vegetables. Um, uh, you have uh, you have seeds. You have seeds also seeds also that have them. So uh, that's why I don't advise people to crush pump, pumpkin seed and uh, and then sprinkle it on their on their food and then on their meal and then eat it because it is good for their prostate. There are other other sources, other good sources of protein and other sources of uh, zinc that you can get for your for your for the for your prostate, but but not from from this uh, from not from these sources. So basically, this is uh, this just uh, this just these are just a few uh, I can mention uh, to draw your attention to these uh, uh, nutrient blockers. Thank you. Where would you where would you classify nuts, Doctor Nardi? That includes uh, <laughs> almond milk. Are are nuts um, helpful or useful in the advancement of? spiritual growth when they are consumed or are they uh detriment 
Um, you know, not not have hydrocyanic acid. You've heard it mentioned by Dr. Warner, Dr. Abbott on the on the radio show. You know, uh, hydrocyanic acid uh, is not is not good at all. And uh, uh, when I, when I was I was treating a person who has a muscular dystrophy, and uh, I had to use a particulate that is made of uh, hydrocyanic acid uh, uh, that was made from hydrocyanic acid in order to reverse his continued uh, muscle weakness. You see, and the muscle were becoming so weak that the person could not even uh, uh, stand up straight, you know, or walk straight, you know. So uh, I would not recommend that people eat nuts. And anything that that is made of a nut derivative. Uh, will not enhance health. Instead, instead, is going to uh, make it difficult for a person to remain optimally healthy, or to to restore their health if they are sick. Thank you. Thank you. Whew. Okay, I'm glad you didn't touch my watermelon. At least I get to keep eating watermelon. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see if anybody wants to open the lines up. This t- tonight has been a barn burner. Uh, I've been I've been taking notes. I've been just letting some of it just digest into my DNA. But if anyone would like to call in, uh, they can press one if they're already on the line. If they're listening in, the call in number is three four seven two zero five. Nine zero eight nine three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. While I'm waiting to see if anyone's going to raise their hand, I wanted to also address another comment that I had today from my social media page about this person says um, they eat a lot. They deal with the color of foods correlating to the chakras so that they eat a lot of yellow vegetables because yellow relates to our solar plexus chakra to strengthen the will, finances, self-esteem, and self-image. What say you, Dr. Narty, about eating foods that are, as I guess, as a form of color therapy as they are relating to the, to the chakras? Because when I say, well, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, uh, chakras are openings, and then uh, they are contact with the universe. That, that is true. I, I admit it. But if you eat certain foods because uh, you want your chakra to remain open and you want uh, this to raise your self, self-esteem and all that, let me tell you one thing. Uh, it is not, uh, uh, this, is not, this has nothing to do this has nothing to do with the opening of the chakras. It has to do with neurotransmitters. You have to know how to produce neurotransmitters. If you don't know how to produce neurotransmitters, you may eat all these foods, and you may have even more temper tantrums than, than a person who does not eat these foods at all. You see, so there are people who, there are people who, 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 create, who give the impression that uh, they are calm uh, when they are in public, or when they are, they are not calm, uh, they, they are controlling their, 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 their second nature. They are controlling their, their real self. But when they are at home, you see them as wild as, 
I, 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 I said, there, you know. So I've, I've, I've met people, many people who, who work on the chakras, and uh, they are very temperamental, very, very temperamental, because they are not producing neurotransmitters, and they don't know how to produce neurotransmitters. The foods you eat, um, I will, uh, that will help you to pro- uh, that will help that will help you to re- to continue to produce an enzyme surplus will be the green foods because they have chlorophyll and chlorophyll is nothing but a complex of magnesium. So, but if you eat something that is yellow, something that is red, something that is purple, well, it took a lot of enzymes to produce these foods as they converted the ultraviolet rays to produce these colors. So, if you are going to eat something that is not green, well, you also have to use to spend a lot of enzymes to break down whatever went in to produce these colors. As a result, you suffer from the consequences of an enzyme deficit more than a person who is, say, green bell pepper. Thank you. Mm. So the, it's more important to produce... Okay, well, let's talk about that. What What is the role of neurotransmitters, or what is the importance of producing neurotransmitters in your spiritual path? If we're getting in contact with the atoms and the cells, then what is the importance of creating neurotransmitters? Somebody's out here right now saying, well, why should I create, well, why should I produce more neurotransmitters? What's a neurotransmitter do for me? Well, and... Uh, <laughs> And a, a, a neurotransmitter, dopamine, dopamine is a, is a neurotransmitter. You know, serotonin is a neurotransmitter. And it, you remember I told you that, I told you that there are people who are on the spiritual path and who are more temperamental than people who are not on the spiritual path because they are not producing enough serotonin. Serotonin uh, uh, is a mood regulator. It's a mood regulator. If you are not producing enough serotonin, you will not be calm. You will not be calm. You control your temper, but naturally, you are not a calm person. So neurotransmitters help us to fit properly into the society in which we are, in which we live. We are, this is not a one-man island. This planet belongs to all of us. We have nowhere to go. We have to live here. And there are laws to obey. There are school regulations to obey. And you need these neurotransmitters to help you fit in properly. Look at this um, husband and wife uh, in, in Las Vegas who, 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 who killed uh, two police officers who were just enjoying their lunch. I don't know them, but if they had neurotransmitters, if they had been producing neurotransmitters, especially serotonin, they would never have done what they did. You see the importance of neurotransmitters. And if you don't die a freakish death, a stupid death like this, you, you live to see another day, and that day will slowly lead you to enlightenment 
if you continue on the spiritual path. Thank you. Mm. I wanted to ask about, um, you often talk about spiritual points. Can you tell me what are spiritual points and why you feel that gathering spiritual, spiritual points is probably just as important as being a problem solver? Well, if you are dealing with the world of spirit, if you are dealing with the world of atoms, if you are dealing with yourselves, there's one thing you always have to remember. You will never get anything from yourselves unless you have earned it. <laughs> you will never get anything from yourself unless you have earned it. That's why I told you when I, earlier, I said, for four and a half million years, where have all these people been? Where have all these scientists been? And it took me such a short time to reach the final front here in health. Such a short time. Why was I sick for so many years? Because I had not earned spiritual points. I had not earned enough spiritual points. And as I started earning spiritual points, I started getting access to esoteric knowledge. And esoteric knowledge comes in drops. It does not come in buckets. It does not come in barrels. It comes in drops. And take the spiritual points. Here is a drop of knowledge for you. You've earned another 30 spiritual points. Here is another drop of knowledge for you. Knowledge from the atomic world comes in drops. This is why I say, last year I was good. This year I am better. <laughs> what, I, what, what, I, what I wrote last year, I said, oh yeah, oh no, this is too elementary. Oh no. And this year it is better. And I keep earning spiritual points by doing good, by respecting others, by helping others to be better. By helping others to be better, and so on and so forth. And then I will earn another drop, another drop, another drop. And if many drops make an ocean, what does it tell you about knowledge? Knowledge stretches to infinity. And my goal is to stay around for a long time so that I keep getting more drops. Thank you. Whew. Okay. Um, I got a caller on the line. I'm getting ready to go to her, but I want to, right before I do that, my maybe maybe my last question is concerning... Uh, shoplifters. What about people who steal? Like even children who steal. Is is stealing at a young age? Will that hinder your 
um, spiritual growth? And is that a result of not producing enough neurotransmitters? And is it also, can it be caused from consuming one of the top three foods that is detrimental for spiritual growth? No, 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 no. Um, First, you have to know how the human body is produced. It is genes that produce the human body. Whose genes did you get? You will see that you have two brothers or a family of four, or a family of four, three sisters and one brother, or three brothers and one sister. Only one child will steal, or only one child will be a thief. The others will not be thieves. It depends on the genes that help to produce your body, and depends on the genes that, uh, that, that help to produce your personality in the cerebral cortex. Personality is produced in the cerebral cortex. So it's a matter of the it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a matter of the genes that made you who you are today. Some people are very violent. That is the result of the genes they have. Some of them would die a stupid death. That is the path that their genes have created. And what is destiny? Destiny is the path that DNA creates for itself. There are genes in DNA. So about children who steal, about uh, even uh, uh, Hollywood stars who, who do shoplifting and all that, it's in their genes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, wow. Uh, um, I thought I didn't have another question. Maybe one more. Um, so... I'm gonna I want to bring it back around to earlier we were talking about uh, when we discussed the Lohan curse about hatred. Can hatred of another race, like if a Ku Klux Klansman has a child and the Klansman, or you know, it's a third or fourth generation Ku Klux Klansman, or if it is a, a person of African descent, a black person, and they or ha- um, have a hatred and a fear combined of the Caucasian, can that be passed down in the gene? Yes, 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 yes. It's just like phobias, just like phobias. They can, I mean, a gene, a gene is a permanent record of what happened. A gene has a permanent record of what happened. And it will pass it on. So that's why I said, you know, when... A, when a child is born, you know, people are happy and all that. I am never happy when a child is born. I am very cautious. I am very reflective. And I start planning already what I have to do in case something goes wrong. That is the kind of person I am. <laughs> I mean, that is the kind of person I am. People are happy. People are, oh, thank you, congratulations, cards here and there, gifts and all that. I sit quietly and I look at the child. I start planning ahead of time. So we have to, we have to stop this. We have to do this. We have to do that. In case the child does this at age four, 
this will be ready for him or her. In case this happens, because you never know the genes that produce this child. You never know. Haven't you heard some people say, but my child had been such a good boy all this time. What happened? What happened? Well, we have early gene expression, and we also have late gene expression. That's what happens. Thank you. Whew, thank you. Let me get to the let me get to the call in number. The call in number is three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. Caller from the eight three two eight eight seven. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Yes, please. This is um Nefernubia calling out of Miami. How is everyone? Oh, fine, thank you. <laughs> I'm loving, loving, loving the show. Actually, let me step outside. Okay. I'm loving the show. I've heard so many things that I never knew, like tomatoes. Like, I never knew that tomato could be harmful to spiritual growth, um, amongst other things that you guys have mentioned. So I just want to say thank you for coming on the show and informing us all about all of these things. My question is, when we talk about, well, I wanted to get into the tomato too, but my question, my main question is when we talk about um, foods that inhibit our spiritual growth, um, when we say spiritual growth, what are we referring to? Like when, you know, like what does that mean, spiritual growth? Okay. Um, we, all, we all have to grow spiritually because we have to move from a less perfect state to a perfect state. The goal of mankind is perfection. Mm-hmm. The goal of mankind is perfection. And we are not there yet, but that is our goal. Because um, the, atoms, the atoms are just good at what they do. And we have atoms. And the foods we eat are made of atoms. And these mm-hmm. atoms form molecules. And these atoms form molecules. So our goal is to be as perfect as what is in what we eat. The beginning okay. of the beginning, the beginning of the beginning is the atom. And if we eat, if we eat scientifically, thereby eating spiritually, we will speed, we will accelerate our move our uh, our march towards perfection look at how long it has taken us to be where we are four and a half million years and still we don't know what love is we don't know what love is how many people know love people go to church People go to church and they sit on the front pew and they sing the loudest. And then when they come out, it's time to go home now. And the, the and the car stopped at the at the red light. A homeless man comes for a, for, for 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 a quarter and you tell them that you don't have money. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. our march to perfection is too slow. Is because these things have never been discussed. These things have never been discussed. There are people who go to church, and some of them are even are deacons, they are pastors, 
And look at how they treat their wives. Look at how they treat their children when they go back home. Mm-hmm. That's why if you don't stop eating the foods that stifle spirituality, the release of forces from ourselves and from the atoms, you will not be able to match, you will not be able to move fast enough towards perfection. That is why it is good that you have to know the foods that slow us down spiritually. That's what is meant by slow spiritual growth. Spiritual growth means we have to move fast towards perfection. We have to love each other. We have to see the best. You have to see the best in, in each other. One thing with me is, one thing with me is, People may talk about you. People may say you are terrible. People may say you are this, you are that. I'm still, I will still spend weeks trying to see what is good in you. Mm-hmm. And I will use what is good in you. And I will focus on what is good in you to make you a better person. Mm-hmm. Is there any cultures, um, is there any particular culture around the world that because of their diet, um, they accelerate faster at spiritual growth? I mean, I know I heard you say, you know, one race is not superior to the other, but I'm saying because, you know, everybody's diet around the world is different. Like maybe Indians, they have more curry in their diet, you know. Exactly. Exactly. No, no, no. Um, and what they call spirituality is not spirituality at all. It's religiosity, you know. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's religiosity. It's not spirituality. Religiosity is conformity to, your, to, to the beliefs, uh, to the dictates of your religion. That is religiosity. That's not spirituality. Mm-hmm. Spirituality mm-hmm. is freedom. Spirituality is freedom. When somebody is spiritual, you see that he's respectful of others. Respectful means he's very tolerant of others. The person accepts diversity. The person wants, mm-hmm. wants, wants a person from a different race, from a different tribe, from a different gender to do better, and so on and so forth. Then you see the, com- the amount of freedom in that, person's, in, that, in, that, in that person's cells or that person's being. Right, right. So, so here's my question. So here's my question. Do you think we are there yet? Do you think we are there yet? <laughs> Not at all. Thank you. <laughs> Not at all, unfortunately. Even look at your next door neighbor. Are you there yet? Mm-mm. So we and have work to do. Mm-hmm. Think because everybody is like organic everything, gluten-free everything, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They are are all missing the point. All of them are missing the point. Do you know what, Hmm. do you know what is, what tomato is? Tomato is a light shade. It's a light shade with the large amount of red phosphorus and nicotine. You think only Uh people who smoke you think only people who smoke cigarettes uh, are, are, are inhaling nicotine? No. You eat a lot of tomato, you have a lot of nicotine in you, 
and the combination of red phosphorus and nicotine will make you an ad- will make you addicted to anything. You can mm. be addicted to pornography. You will be addicted to marijuana, cocaine, methamphetamine, tea, glue glue leaking, glue sniffing, all kinds of addictions. <laughs> Wow. All kinds of addictions. And then to you, that is normal. It's not normal. Mm-hmm. If, you can, if you cannot spend one morning without drinking your tea, it is not normal. You are addicted. <laughs> so funny. I'm drinking my glass of tea now. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 oh okay. But, you see, okay. you mm-hmm. must have you must have you must have the willpower to say, Oh no, I've had enough of this, it's good enough. Uh, thank you. Uh this is good enough. Fine. But if you're addicted, you must have it. Right. And this is coming so, from what? It's coming from nicotine. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. So then I guess that's I mean, I guess that's the the key right there to cure um, all of those addictions is mainly through the diet, is what you're saying. Start, start with the diet. This is why symptometry, in symptometry, diet is very important. You have to eat mm-hmm. scientifically. You see, right. um, if 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 uh, if sometimes we don't give people a general printout, but depending on the condition we are treating. We give people printout on what they are supposed to eat and what they are not supposed to eat. When I'm treating a person for eczema or Dr. Wanek is treating a person for eczema or Dr. Abbott is treating somebody for eczema, they will give the person a printout on the foods they are not supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, I did not include tomato some time ago. Now tomato is there. You have to include it. That is how it is done. You see, so you, you, you've heard of... Oh, so many women are suffering from lupus. So many women are suffering from lupus. Well, um, tomato is good at destroying the nerves. And if the nerves in the skin are destroyed, you will, be, you will become susceptible to erythema. And it is erythema that predisposes a person to lupus erythematosus. Erythema. Erythematosus. So, don't say that, oh, mm-hmm. why is it that women are suffering from this? There's an epidemic of lupus. No, it is what you eat. Because mm-hmm. it's funny because I notice a lot of people are, are depressed right now. And that there you go. From, mm-hmm, there you from go. Loving. And, mm-hmm. and, and when, you are, when you are depressed, are you creative? No, you are not creative. You are mm-hmm. not creative. You want to solve a problem with a gun. You want to solve a problem with a knife by stabbing people. Is that how to solve mm-hmm. a problem? It means that you are not creative. Right. Interesting. I want to ask you um, one more question. Um, okay. Sure, go ahead. It all depends on Coach Kaye. I don't know what time he is or he has already. Oh, 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 yeah. Let me hurry up. <laughs> um, and this is one that is just so interesting. Kind of, you might laugh, um, but it's a controversial vegetable. 
which is kale. Some people say it's great for you. You need as much as you can have. And some people say, no, don't eat as much because it's not good for you. I wanted to know what do you think about the vegetable kale? Um, I don't think. I know. Right. <laughs> um, kale has too much MSG. And if people from the from uh, from the if Asians if Asians are able to to consume kale without having any skin problems or any other problems, that is fine with them. But you know, I am not of Asian extraction, mm-hmm. and I don't think you are of Asian extraction. So in yeah. other words, our genes do not code for MSG so that we produce the essentials to properly digest or properly process MSG. Every plant has MSG. But mm. kale, nori, wakame, they have too much MSG. Mm. So since they have too much MSG and we are not we don't have the genes to help us to process MSG very well, we have to leave these foods alone. And it is science that helps you to identify the foods that have too much MSG and the foods that don't have too much so that you can easily process them or you can, you can spend about a day processing them and then you will be fine. Right. So I don't eat kale because it has too much MSG. And secondly, my genes, because of my ancestry, cannot code for their protein for MSG. Wow, I just learned something huge. I had no idea that kale even had MSG in it. I guess when I always think of MSG, we always automatically think of, you know, prepackaged foods and certain seasonings. Um, and, and, but, and, and also, and also wow. Chinese food, right? And also Chinese right. food. Right, but I, I had no idea that all vegetables had MSG and that kale had a lot. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Thank you so much for answering yeah, all those questions. I, I feel enlightened. I feel better. <laughs> I want to go share all this on Facebook. <laughs> okay, and so now. On Facebook. So, so now, does it mean your match to spirituality, your match to perception will be faster from today onwards? Definitely, definitely. And it, and it inspires me want to, to want to, of course, learn further and, and read read up on it. So thank you. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Peace and love to you, Kaya. Peace and love to you, Sasha. Thank you so much. I think she got a whole, she got a nice, she got a whole nice dosage right there. I think that was her first time listening in tonight, Dr. Nardi. So I definitely um, appreciate how we, um, as you say, we have a very intelligent audience who is, they come and they, they want to, and they're asking the hard questions and they're getting the clarity and they're going out there, like you said, bearing the torch of symptometry. Um, one of the questions that came to my mind, um, I know your background, you come from a long line of master herbalists from Africa. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Um, there has been, especially in the West, a the United States, 
a large movement toward herbs and taking of herbs to cure diseases. Do herbs um, enhance our uh, spiritual growth on the path that we're on? Well, it depends on the kind of herbs you are talking about because um, uh, before I started uh, going scientific, I was deep into herbs, but I was not healing. I had all these chronic diseases, but I was not healing. And even uh, my cousins, who were, who, were, who were also herbalists, uh, you know, who, were, who were deep into herbalism than, than me, uh, they, were, they, were equal, they were sick. So this was why I decided not to, not to do anything about herbs, and uh, nothing to do anything with herbs, sorry. And um, um, I, will, I was... Uh, I've been invited by the Yamase tribe in uh, in South Carolina um, uh, for uh, uh, to be the the guest speaker at a at a powwow. Um, uh, I think uh, next two weeks. I think on the 20th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And uh, here are people who are deep into echinacea. They are deep into herbs for healing. And now. The chief wants to know more about science and less about herbs. So what does this tell you? They have seen their limitations of herbs in therapeutics. Herbs can, can, can help you up to a point, but herbs cannot help you to cure your, your diabetes. Herbs cannot help you to cure your ulcer. Herbs cannot help you to cure your itch. You go to you go to you go to a physician, and they take a you they, they, you you come you come back with a diagnosis. Herbs cannot help you to cure your condition. Here is my question: What are herbs? What are herbs for? All these people, all these people who have been the shamans, the herbalists, the naturopaths, and all that. They have diseases that they themselves cannot use herbs to cure. Telling something that cannot cure any disease or prevent diseases. That's why they want to know more about symptometry and the science behind symptometry. Thank you. This is a dream come true. It's awesome, baby! And the hits just keep on coming. Ooh-wee! I mean, the hits definitely have been coming all night tonight. Dr. Nardi, I definitely want to say I appreciate you and thank you so much for just every part of your enlightened conversation that you had tonight. Because, and I think this may be one of the paths that I take moving forward with symptometry in assisting spreading spreading symptometry and the significance of symptometry towards spirituality. I may have to make a T-shirt and say the essence symptometry stands for spirituality. <laughs> don't 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 don't. Uh... 
make people tempted to turn symptomatic into a church now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we, but I thought sometimetry was the ideal harmonious situ, um, synthesis of science and spirituality. That is correct, and we want it to remain that way. We want it to remain that way, but we don't want we don't want people now to say, okay, uh, now. Now, instead of going to this church because we are not learning much from there, instead of just dancing and singing and praising, we want to learn something. So now we would like to have symptomatic as a church. No. I say no. All I, all I, all I advise people to do is take their time and listen to shows like this and listen to, to, to me, listen to Dr. Abbott, listen to Dr. Wanek, and listen to the other symptomatists who will be coming very soon. Uh, that, that, is, that is the only way you learn every time. You learn every day, every week, every week, every week. Because we cannot give this to you every, every day. Because if we do, you will start suffering from spiritual indigestion. So it's good to give you things a drop at a time, a dose at a time. Mm. And then let it add up like the candle wax. That's correct. <laughs> have to let it add up and accumulate. All right, Dr. Norton, you have uh, definitely, like I said, blessed us tonight. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Um, for anyone interested in more information, especially for the books, I highly suggest tonight. Dr. Norty, how, how, how highly on a scale of 1 to 10 do you suggest the book, What to Consume, and downside of nutrition for people who would like to empower themselves with the list of foods that are safe consumables for the human body. Oh, well, this are this, uh, this, uh, scale of 1 to 10, that is 10, because uh, um, every, every, every symposium I go to, every conference I attend now, that, that these, are the, these are the books that the people are looking for. And... Uh, uh, these are the basic books, and these are the flag. These are the flag, flagship books of symptometry. So these are basic, written in very simple English, simple to understand, and simple to follow. You know, they are not difficult to understand at all. And for a person who has been eating chaotically, to start making a transition to scientific eating. That is the right way, that is the best way to start. You mentioned molybdenum, you mentioned vanadium. Well, you have the list of the, of the, of the foods that have molybdenum and vanadium, and then you start, you know, making very careful choices when you go to the market. So that is good. So these are the basic books. In, in a, on a scale of 1 to 10, it is 10. Absolutely. And both these books can be found on www.symptometrybooks.com dot com www.symptometrybooks.com as well as about 12 other books that I can authored also I would like to implore everyone to please check out the six-month program on symptometry I'm sorry www.americanschoolofsymptometry.org americanschoolofsymptometry.org and click on six-month program Please click on the contact link. There will be 
the number for the director of admissions and the director for the American School of Symptometry. And, I mean, all I can say is let your fingers do the walking. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just so appreciative. Um, we do have one last caller tonight before we get out of here. Caller from the 215-868. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get that to call him, please? Yes, good evening. This is Isis calling out of Philadelphia. I also would like to ditto on the comments for the night. The night's show was totally uh, out there. Awesome. And now I want to I wanted to put at the top of the list of the books that you just named, Coach, The Most Complete Person. Wow, wow, wow. So, in saying that, this, this, this evening was totally awesome. I mean, I got the goosebumps, the chills, the, the aha, and everything this evening. The show was beautiful. The most complete person. Absolutely. Most complete person. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a... That is a definite top chipper for me. That that's that's right up there with my my Circle Seven Quran and my Metunetta and my Holy Tablets. Like that book, for real. Is, especially the way that is written for all age groups is just it's just magnificent. So thank you, Isis. Uh, thank you again, Dr. Naughty. Thank you, thank you, Isis. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. It's awesome, baby! Well, Dr. Nardi, we have done it again. And um, I, 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 I will definitely, I can tell tonight is going to be an exciting night for me just to sleep on this information and let it just trickle down and let the drops just trickle down into my, <laughs> into, into my, into my core. Like, this is the type of stuff that I want. You know, I want the mamas to be breastfeeding the babies on, and I want... And I want, you know, this this type of thing to be coming down into the gene pool. This is this is exactly what we're talking about right here. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for, for for having me. I've also enjoyed it, especially uh, with the kind of great audience that you have, and uh, uh, the transmission and the reception were were well done. And uh, I'm also go. I will go to bed with a smiling face tonight. Well, I know I have a big smile on my face right now. I'm just happy, happy, and full of joy, full of satisfied. So thank you, everyone, for coming in. Please visit uh, our site tonight, com, and the Moon Magic program is starting on June the 19th. Please go to moonmagic28.info, moonmagic28.info. Look at it and sign up and get ready for the next program starting on June the 19th. I'll see y'all later. Peace.
simply I love you No matter how you say it It only matters what you do See, love is universal And know that someone's loving you No matter how you say it It only matters what you do So each day, please take the time I love you I love you I love you like The smile on your face And the newborn's eyes Your family's hard work And sacrifice A warm embrace After a long touch fight or your favorite meal when things ain't going right The sweet serenity after you cry Or if you kiss on the cheek to say goodnight That one special friend that had you open wide Or that long date that kept you out all night I love you To tell someone that I love you No matter how you say it It only matters what you do See, love is universal And know that, know that someone's loving you Moverare Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.